fabulous writers. Thank you for joining me today. If you're returning, thank you so much. If you're brand new, a happy, happy hello. Today's topic is color symbolism, how to use it. You know, I love paint shopping because there's just so many fabulous colors, right? But I also love a new box of crayons. I mean, is there anything better? Look at all these yummy, delicious colors, right? I mean, if you look at the names of the colors, you're thinking, you know what? I think a writer wrote these. Like they assigned the color names to these. They had to, this seems like they had a lot of fun. Same for the paint swatches. <laughs> there are just so many reds and blacks and blues and greens and oranges and yellows and purples and did I name them all? <laughs> I'm not sure, everything in between. The people who assigned the colors, they know the importance of names. Visual imagery is important. It conveys emotion, mood, tone. It conveys character. It can foreshadow or simply be ironic. So assigning a color, not just red, white, yellow, or blue, but assigning a color descriptor in your story can be important or not. It depends on your genre and your voice. Color symbolism has been around since forever. <laughs> I mean, black is for funerals. The bride wears white or ivory. Gray tends to be a business color. You know, they call it the green movement for a reason, right? <laughs> History is rife with color symbolism. Buddhas wear the orange robes, and there's certain colors that priests wear during religious days. Next time you watch a movie, pay attention to the colors that the characters wear. Colors can act like subliminal messages. Is a woman wearing a siren red dress? Wow, it's like, hello, here I am. Is a character in a white suit? In the movie Constantine, this old movie, the devil wears a white suit. Weird, right? Well, he is an angel, and it also makes a great contrast to the destruction he leaves behind and the black gunk that's on him and his red-rimmed eyes. White suit, genius. In the movie Equilibrium, another old movie. I'm not that old, I'm not sure. The more emotion a person has in their face, the more color their face has. An easy one to look at is lipstick, especially in movies. So a gal in a matte dark red is usually like the bad girl or pretending to be the bad girl or the powerful one. Pink is a sweet girl color, right? A nude lip is a person, is a woman who isn't covering anything up. She's natural, she's forthright. Nothing to hide. She's got the natural vibe going, okay? So ladies, if you want a more powerful, confident look, what do they tell you to wear? That's right, a red lipstick. Power! Is this always the case? Like, can you look at somebody and go, lipstick color, gotcha. No, of course not. But movies, I think, are great ways to look at how the director sees color and it acts subliminally on the viewer. In our case, it's going to be, will act subliminally on the reader. Color imagery can be as subtle or as blatant as you want it. For example, 
Does your character wear a red dress? But what kind of red dress? Red, beyond the Western symbolism of lust, power, and anger, doesn't really tell a reader all that much, which is okay if that's your intent. But you can add some symbolic punch with describing the shade of red that your character wears. A rose red dress conveys ladylikeness or love. A cherry colored dress suggests sexual prowess or a desire to, <clears throat> well, you know, <laughs> a woman wishing to be deflowered. An apple red dress suggests something forbidden. A blood red dress. Woo, well, when you mix those two symbolic words, you get a metaphoric punch in the face. Now, a woman with ruby lips is sultry and expensive. And a woman with candy apple red lips sounds like a damn good fun time. You've all seen the meme dismissing color symbolism. It's something about a yellow curtain and what your English teacher says it means and what the author said it didn't mean anything. Yeah, I hate that meme, honestly. So it doesn't matter why even put the color in. Think of it this way. Fabric or a drape, described as bone-colored, produces a much different emotion than one described as snow. Consider the following when assigning a name to a color. For example, genre. Sweet romance novels might use romancy color names. Is romancy even a word? I'm not sure. Like caramel, it's sweet and gooey love instead of, you know, light brown. <laughs> Historical fiction authors need to be really mindful of using color names that didn't exist at that time. A lipstick red dress isn't going to work if they had no lipstick back then. You're better off using a descriptor like ruby or beet, beet red. This is a problem I run into all the time with my historical fiction. I'm like, yeah, that color, they didn't have that color then. So what is going to be that color that I can describe that everybody still knows? Color can also foreshadow. In Haruki Murakama's Kafka on the Shore, there's a lot of blue. One of the main characters wears only blue, which fits her for a variety of reasons. Two of which, spoiler alert, she is blue. Like that is her mood, blue about her true love dying. And because the painting, Kafka on the Shore, is literally by the sea, which is, the sea is blue, the sky is blue. Color can also reveal character. Is your character a murderer? He or she might see their color in shades of viscera. A gardener or a florist may see their world in shades of blooms and flora. A chef or a really hungry woman might describe the world with food colors. A winemaker might see color in terms of grapes and different kinds of, of wines. Think about the mood and tone of your novel. Is the novel dark? Is it light and happy? Is it full of irony? Is it religious? Is it sarcastic? Is your main character clueless, evil, dying, in love, oppressed, stoned? You can fit color descriptors to match any of those, and it will convey more about the character or the tone or the mood. 
I used a lot of color descriptors with the Impaler's Wife historical fiction. And you guessed it, a lot of red. Red because blood. So I had a lot of blood red, crimson, and ruby to convey the overall mood of the novel. There are many ways to describe color. Jewel tones convey preciousness, worth, or rarity. Nature colors convey the idyllic, the peaceful, the charming. There are city colors and farmland colors, youthful colors and old colors, fun colors, mysterious colors, clean colors and dirty colors, evil colors and good colors. Now there's one caveat. I gave you color descriptors for Western culture. If you're writing a novel in another culture, you would want to look up how they assign certain colors. So red might not have the same meaning. Um, the bride doesn't wear white. So you would wanna look those up and make sure that if you're going to be using color to do any of these things, that it's the proper color for that culture. For example, when I wrote Dragon Lady, it was Asian culture and I wanted to make sure that the colors matched what they symbolically saw the colors as meaning. Now, does all color need to be symbolic? No, of course not. I mean, it's your novel after all. You can have as much fun as F. Scott Fitzgerald did in The Great Gatsby or not do anything with it at all. It's really up to you. Now, if you want a fun writing exercise, try this, just so you can see the power of a beautiful color descriptor. Write a super short paragraph. And by super short, I mean like, I don't know, three sentences. And use different color descriptors to describe whatever it is you happen to be describing. Perhaps one you're going to use jewel tones. You can use farm colors or sweet colors or harsh colors, romantic colors, and see by you switching out those color descriptors how it changes the overall mood of your paragraph. You might be surprised. Now, I really don't mess with fine tuning my colors until the second and third drafts. Otherwise, it's just like red, green, whatever, throw it in there. But otherwise, on those, if I want to pull that out, if I want to give extra symbolic punch to the character or to the mood or to foreshadow something, then I'm going to really try to figure out how I want to describe that color for my reader. I could talk color descriptors for an hour, but you know what? I really don't need to because I think you kind of get what I'm trying to go at here, right? You can do a lot of things with color. And of course, you don't have to do anything with color at all. Totally up to you, okay? There are so many ways to write and so many different voices that we really see color in very kind of unique ways. Well, thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the video on color symbolism. There are tons of, I mean, you can just Google color symbolism and lots of things will come up. In fact, I might do some more shorter videos about each color. I think that would be kind of fun. Go back, take a look at your manuscript, see if you can have some fun with colors. If you like the video, give it a thumbs up. I'd love that. If you haven't subscribed already, click the subscribe and notify button. Thank you very much. And writers, dream, create, and embrace. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.